Welcome back to another episode of Calcho Unplugged. We're going to start this week with a 2-1 victory for Lazio over Sassuolo. Obviously, uh, Lazio getting decapitated by their uh, by the bigger club in their city, Roma, uh, before international break. Um, they get a they get a two one win over Sassuolo, who's who's kind of climbed out of the bottom into the top ten. Um, what are your thoughts on on that and 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 so on? Obviously, this still shows inconsistencies with Lazio. Um, obviously, they failed to win last week against Roma. Then this week they get a two one win against Sassuolo. And, and so, so it's like one week, like one week they're red hot, red hot then the next week they're not. And, and obviously they get the three points that points they needed, that they but needed, overall it's typical Lazio. Do trash one trash week and win well the next, the next week, week, and then who knows, next week next you could, they could win, win or they could end up losing again. So it's like it's a typical Lazio storyline with one. Yeah, I, I get kind of what you're saying that they they've been a little inconsistent at times, um, and uh, you know, like I said, they they were uh, humiliated by Roma, um, and uh, just total just total annihilation there. But but we have to also keep in mind it is a derby, you know that looking using that as sort of a a comparison isn't always the best thing because you know. You know, Lazio won the first derby, Roma won the second. But each of those games, those teams were actually motivated to do so. Um, if you look at the, the the last the derby from last year, the last one before for the before this season, Roma had won that one. Then Lazio goes and beats Roma, um, and then Roma go into this one from from two weeks ago. Um, uh, you know, having to to remind themselves of the loss they just took. So I think the, the you know it is true that there there are consistencies with the Lazio team, um, but there there's consi- inconsistency with all the teams around them as well. Um, but if you look at Lazio as just in general um, losing a derby like that, while well, as brutal as it was, it, I don't know if it tells the whole story. Or Lazio, this one they handled pretty well. So Swallow's a good team. There are other teams uh, at the top of the league that didn't didn't beat them. There's other teams that they didn't uh, uh, were only able to get a point against them. So, so if you look at this, um, you know, Lazari, Savage, two goals. Uh, they're they were basically firmly in control of this uh, from the from the beginning. So Swallow gets uh, um, Hamed Traore, um, uh victory there, or not victory, but that he gets a late goal. But but overall, lots of were in control. They needed to win this one. I think this was. Uh, this was a case of would they collapse, would they not? Um, because, you know, it is only two points separating themselves and us. Um, you know, they lose this one and we win our game. It's five points. So as, as much as – and they are consistent, I do feel they handle themselves well in this situation. Whether they will do that or continue to do that next week and the week after, and the week after we'll see, um, and, and so on. But uh, lots of get, get, a, get a nice 2-1 win here um currently still in six two points behind uh, roma um but and and they do get some help here because alanta uh, uh dropped points so now they're ahead of alanta so if you're a lazio fan from the performance um obviously inconsistency is an issue but from the performance you should feel uh number one you won the game number two you got some help and you're and you're in a good space now at least for the time being the question is whether they can push on and continue to, to, to kind of go forward with it um, next week and the week after, uh, which will really kind of put the picture of how uh, everything will go um, the rest of the season and so on. Um, all right. We're going to look at uh, Spezia and uh, Venencia. Uh, Venencia come into this uh, uh, in 18th. Spezia are, are now they're, they're pretty, they're pretty, uh, they got a good advantage uh, in safety, but they are at the bottom part of the table um uh, uh stoppage time winner uh for spacey to get the three points um Venencia, uh looking like um uh relegation uh fight is is just going to heat up obviously going forward they're they're kind of stuck there with three points separation but they do have a game in hand 
Um, however, uh, a, a loss um, for them is, is, is not encouraging. Um, and we might have to be saying goodbye to the best jerseys in the league. Um, but uh, how does this one land for you? Yeah, this definitely causes the title race to heat up. Um, obviously, you hit that they have the game in hand, but a loss here does not help the situation. Um, but, I mean, it's going to be an overall dogfight to the finish in both the top of the league and also in the relegation battle, which we've seen throughout this whole season. It's not cut and dry like previous seasons where you know these teams are going to get relegated and this team should have the hopes of winning the Scudetto. This year, the league has been turned I like to say it's been turned on its head. It is very unpredictable. And so we're seeing that even in the relegation battle where normally it's cut and dry, but it just this loss is it's not over yet, but Venencia may look like they're going to be end up going back to Serie B, which, as you just stated, would be the saddest thing ever because those kids are dope. Um, saddest thing ever. Be a little bit of a stress. Jetta was down there too, and you know how I feel about that. Um, well, well, let's just look at it real quick. Uh, Salernitana, um, um, you know, um, are have sixteen points. They're um. <laughs> They're going to get lubed up to be destroyed on, on Sunday <laughs> um, or Monday, whatever the game is against Rome, obviously. Um, uh, Pellegrini won't be there, which is actually hilarious. Well, well I'll tell you what happened exactly uh, at the end of that game um, to, to clear that up. Um, but then you have Genoa at 22 points. You have Venencia at 22 points. And then the two above them are Calgalari with 25 in 20, uh, and then Sampdoria with 29. And obviously Spacey is 32, but I think Spacey got 32. I think they're probably clear out of it. Out of it, um, so w- w- I mean, obviously, I think that the three that are in there are probably uh, sticking in there. Um, with with Calgary and Sampdoria, obviously, uh, shortly, uh, just a little outside. Um, what do you think needs to happen for Genoa or Avante to get themselves out of that that spot? First, I would focus if they're obviously each team has some like lower teams slash table teams. I would focus on first like getting maximum points from those situations. And obviously, when you face the top portion of the table, it's going to be difficult to get a win. But even if you're somehow able to gather the resources and know how to inform a plan of attack against the top tier teams where you're able to kind of hopefully salvage a point from those scenarios that is probably and you would have i would say also focus on one match at a time like look at everything from pat the past meet up with each other like say venencia is going up against hypothetical Sampdoria again like look at the time when you face them the first time in the beginning of the season and see what you can improve on and just do small little things that can help you down the stretch because my philosophy is that some of these things even in my own work situation you have so many things going on but if you but when you focus on one thing at a time it just makes things go quicker and smoother so in this case it would be more smoother because faster just does not work in the football realm so i mean just focus on one thing at a time and like look at old tapes, do what you have to, and just, like, work on that. Yeah. Um, I, no, I agree. I, I think they need to figure themselves out. Um, although, uh, Venencia, <laughs> um, I mean, it would be a miracle. Would you like to hear their, their remaining games? So, Udinese, okay, fair. Salernitana, fair. Cagliari, fair. That could be a huge one. But during this last stretch of the season – they have they have Fiorentina, Atlanta, Juventus, and Roma. So that's that's tough to swallow because they're losing probably all four of those games. Maybe they could get uh, one of those, and then Genoa also not in the best. Lazio, Lazio, Milan, and Napoli. Uh, it's it's not as difficult, but considering where the schedules um, are at the moment, 
Uh, it doesn't go into either of them favor. So it's we're probably looking at a situation where one of these teams or probably both of these teams going going down. Um, for that reason, I kind of hope Sampdoria just starts losing, <laughs> just because I don't want I, I want that derby to still still be in action. Uh, all right, uh, moving on. Um, another uh, clash at the bottom of the table: uh, Torino beating. Um, uh, Salernitana with a one nail. Torino's in eleventh, uh, nowhere near the bottom. They've been really good this season, and Salernitana, you know, uh, add to that uh, negative uh, forty-four goal difference at the bottom of the table. Uh, Bellotti a penalty from the spot, um, and Federico Fazio uh, with a red card, which means he will not play the game against uh, his former side. Um, but Bellotti and company with a one one nil victory from the spot. Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, it's this is pretty much there's not a lot of key takeaways, with the exception that Yabalati yeah, scored from a penalty, but normally we're used to seeing him perform at a much higher level, and it shouldn't have taken a penalty for him to have scored. But obviously, some of the team he has around him is sometimes isn't always reliable. So it's kind of hard to like carry a team when the pieces around you are just like sitting there like, hey, we're on our smoke break, whatever. But it's but I mean we expected a lot more from him, and but I mean they did what they had to and they got the three points and that's all that matters in the end. Yeah, I've I've been expecting a lot more from him for four years. It still hasn't happened. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think there's not too much. Uh, Torino, you know, much improved this season, but I think it's it's the manager there. Um, and Salernitana's bottom of the league. We know they're not they're, – they're, they're just sitting, waiting for confirmation that they're not going to be returning, basically. Um, um, moving on, Fiorentina um, gets a one-nail against, uh, against Empoli. That's starting to dip in the league. Remember, they were in as high as ninth this season. They're all, they're all the way down to 14th. And um, Fiorentina's right there in case uh, Atlanta or Lazio wants to screw up um, on the way to Europe. Um, so maybe they could, they could nick one of those spots, uh, probably for the Conference League. Uh, utter, utter, utter domination, at least um, statistically, uh, with, the, with the amount of chances that Fiorentina had. Uh, uh, Nico, Nico Gonzalez um, uh, with a 58-minute goal um, and uh, – the minute before that, um, Empoli got got a player sent off, but a one nil for Fiorentina. They, I think here they they give themselves a chance to get a Europa League or a Conference League spot um, with with how everything is going. They're still they're still relatively close to the rest of the pile of that part of the table. Um, only one point behind Atlanta, only two points behind um, uh, you know Lazio, um, four points behind Roma, and then. Uh, and then it goes up to Juve, which is at nine. But um, yeah, they're doing what they can to make to make a push for Europe. They have only one loss in the last five games. They've been able to coexist without Vladovic um, and so on. They get the win against an Empoli sign that's just in not not in good form at the moment. Um, but you know, I think you you got to be happy with what you got. Um, you see uh, Gonzalez getting on score sheet again with a, a, a narrow victory. Uh, sometimes you have these really ugly games. And this was this was another uh, example of it um, uh, with Fiorentina getting the points. But um, what, what, what's your take? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Fiorentina is doing really good to make that push for either Europe or the UEFA, or as you like to call it, the Mickey Mouse Cup. Not, for, not, not. Yes, for Roma, not for them though. If if they made um, the Conference League, Fiorentina hasn't been in Europe for several years. If they got into Europe, it'd be it would be huge. Um, but go on. But yeah, I mean, it's at least a good sign for them to be able to make it possibly back into Europe if some other teams decide to like take their foot off the gas or just things aren't going to go as their way in certain matches, such as Atalanta, who has not been in form in quite a while. And so um, then you have Empoli, who Hasn't been in a good run of form lately, but at least we know that out of the teams that were promoted at the start of the season, that they will definitely be making their Serie A return. So 
I mean, I would rather stay in the league and then just start working on the transfer window and see if we can make a better push next season. But just to see him go from 9th to 14th is kind of sad. But, I mean, in the end, they're staying up, so that's all that matters. Yeah, and it could be worse. Remember, Lecce went from 10th to 19th that one year. Um, I I really enjoyed that team. It's, it's unfortunate that they, they were relegated and, and uh, uh, they haven't been back since. Um, but for, for the Fiorentina's point, um, I don't know. I can't confirm this, but – do, do you remember the year that Napoli won the Copa Italia and they, they finished uh, uh, outside of the Europa League spots but still got a Europa League spot because they won that competition? So there's a scenario where if Roma win the Conference League, then there might be another European spot available for next season. So maybe uh, if, if Fiorentina keep that, their position, they could there could be a pathway to the Conference League if Roma does um, end up uh, winning uh, the Europa League, uh, not the Europa League, the um, um, the Conference League. So that's just something to keep your eye on. I don't know the rules, but it, I've, something like that happened when Napoli won it, um, but a little different as far as 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 many things. Um, but uh, Fiorentina right there. Um, uh, up next, um, Udinese beats the brakes off uh, Calgary. Um, Beto with a hat trick, 5-1. Um, this was a terrible game by um, Cagliari. They just, got, they just got annihilated. Udinese um, is in that midsection of the table. Uh, I mean, at this point of the season, they're on a beach. They're not getting relegated. They're not going to be in Europe. They're just kind of – they're playing relevant games for the moment. Um, I think it's, it's a it's strong sign for, Ud- for Udinese for them to, to, uh, to score as many goals as they did. Because this is not a team that we think of for for uh, high goal scoring games, um, but on the other side, Cagliari, who are who are benefiting from the horrid form of the teams below them, um, but are still right there. They're just one point. They're just three points away from the drop zone. And remember, Venezia has a game in hand. If they win their game in hand, then uh, you know Calgary and Venezia are just right there with each other. So it's a little, a little testy for Calgary, but I don't think they're going to get relegated. And obviously, it's it's great to see uh, Udinese score so uh, so freely um, with with a performance like that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, seeing a team that we normally don't expect to give a five-one whooping to another team such as Cagliari, it's it's egregious. I mean, I'm normally we're not used to seeing that from them, but it's nice to see it though. Um, obviously, this is definitely not a good look for Cagliari, who has been struggling throughout the whole season. Um, normally, we're used to seeing them more in the middle of the table, but now they're in the bottom half of the table. So, I mean, this is really good for Udinese, who has been one of those teams that normally doesn't really finish like in the top half of the table over the past two seasons to being right up there. Or the bottom half. (laughs) But you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's just nice to see them performing on a more consistent basis. And hopefully Cagliari figures out what the heck is going on because this is just not the look we expect from them. Yeah, agree. This might be a step too far. It's not like they beat Inter for five one or Roma five one or Juve five one, but it it is it is crazy the amount of goals that Udinese did score against them. Um, all right, speaking of Roma, um, I'm going to go first on this. A one nil um, victory at the Luigi Ferraris. Um, tough place to play. You can attest to that. I can attest to that. A lot of teams can attest to that. Um, with Genoa, not. It's not the greatest team, obviously, but but they've they've been able to pick some points off people there. It's not an easy, um, it's not an easy environment to go into. Um, you know, uh, when Roma had played Genoa there uh, early in the season, it, they were about ten minutes away from from dropping points there too. So, um, and then Sampdoria, who is a better team than Genoa, also with the fans in the stadium, with the with the blue flags, just this constantly waving. Um, 24-7. Um, they make it difficult. Sam Dory has been playing better as of late um, um, and so on. Um, 
So to go into that environment and to do what um, what all were able to do, game they didn't play particularly well. Hendry Mkhitaryan did score a goal uh, just a few minutes prior to the half hour mark. Um, it wasn't a dominating performance. It wasn't like Rome Lazio or Rome Atlanta uh, from from previous uh, games of season. Um, they they got one shot on on target or on goal, whatever you want to say, and they made it count. They found the back of the net. It's a lucky bounce, you could say, from from Mkhitaryan's shot, but but they get it there in the end. Um, second half, obviously, uh, uh, I really. But you know, even though Roma won this game. I think Sam Doria should feel very confident about themselves going into the next section of the, of the you know, the, the, the closing stretch of the season. Um, again, they don't get points for their effort, but they, they played exactly the way I would, I would play if I'm a team not trying to get relegated, team trying to survive it. Because the, the two mistakes that teams commonly make is, number one, you just try to defend the whole game and hope you can hold them off. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it goes the other way. Um, and then two, be really aggressive and risk everything, which if it works for you, great. If it doesn't, you're in big trouble. What Sampdoria did was they, they were aggressive, but they were, they were aggressive in a very calculated manner where they would press really hard and then they would, then they would step back and control and defend and make sure that everything's uptight. And then they just kind of – they went back and forth between their mentality and uh, that second half was brutal. They pushed and pressed the whole time. When Rui Patricio had the ball in his net and passed it to like a short defender, a Sam Doria attack would run up and get him right there um, and, and so on. Um, they made the right changes the second half. Um, St- Stefano Sensi, it looked like his, uh, his leg was, uh, was going to just shatter. <laughs> uh, he didn't get seriously injured, but he was getting, uh, he was getting a little banged up which is, you know, obviously something that we've seen before from him. Uh, they make the right mix to change with Fabio uh, Coriella coming in and, and coming in for him. And they, more of an attacking setup where they pressed and pressed and got it. Um, but again, it's a very ugly game. Roma defend, they defended so well. Rui Patricio made some really important saves, so on and so forth. And then obviously they get there in the end. Um, and that's 10 games unbeaten for Mourinho and Roma. Um, they're in the top five now. Um, again, Delonta has that game in hand, but they're now three points behind Roma for that spot. Um, there's some two difficult games upcoming for them, but but um, but they get to do with it. You know, they, they're they're able to pull it off. And my favorite part, not my favorite part of the game, but one of the funniest things about the game is Lorenzo Pellegrini is so smart that he acted like an idiot on purpose so he could rest for Roma's two most important games of the season against Nat. Enter. So he was subbed off, but he was walking as slow as he possibly could off the pitch, taking off his shin guards, untying his shoe, and his people getting mad. The crowd was booing him. And then he got a yellow card. Um, and my first reaction was like, what are you doing, you idiot? But then I realized that that was on purpose because that means he's not going to play against the bottom of the league. Uh, this weekend, meaning he's going to be extra refresh and ready for Napoli and uh, Inter, which I thought was funny and hilarious at the same time, but very calculated. Um, all things considered, Roma get the points. That's the most important thing. Um, but you have to admire the way uh, Sampdoria did play because I, at least two-thirds of the game, they were the better team. They just couldn't coexist with uh, the defensive structure and uh, the crossing from the outside, uh, from outside the box, especially from Contreva, was just was just not good enough. But but I think they should feel very optimistic and, and happy with their their individual their, their their team performance, even if they did lose. So so uh, I, 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 I praise Sampdoria for their their approach to the game. But obviously, Roma get the points, and I, in the end, that's what matters most of all. Mm. That's actually he, I guess I call him a smart idiot for that. No, because when it happened, I'm like, what are you doing? You know you're, you're a yellow card away from suspension. And I, I'm getting really pissed at him. I was like, Pellegrin, you fucking idiot. And then I looked up who we play next. I'm like, oh, you genius. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it's, that was some, like, next level smarter. He had to have known, right? I don't think that he wouldn't have done that deliberately. 
if exactly. he did, if he did so that <laughs> I just thought to myself, oh wow, that was actually really smart. So he'll be super arrested. He wasn't get arrested by Mourinho. He probably still would have played, but but uh, you know to get that extra full full ninety rest ahead of two huge games. I'm like I was like okay, you're a dickhead, but I. I, I, I can dig it because he definitely knew what was ha- what the next game was, and he just decided, you know, I'll just get a yellow card here. But, yeah, I mean, great job on, to Roma getting those three points. Obviously, Sampdoria were the stronger side throughout the whole – pretty much the whole entire match. But um, Roma did what was needed and was able to get the three points. Obviously, put you guys in the Euro- Europa League spot. Um, and – that is because I actually said you would probably finish in a Europa League spot this year. So, besides not the UEFA Conference Cup, I'm talking the real deal Europa. But yeah, what, I mean, what do you mean? Only winners play in the Conference League. The the, the Champions League and Europa League are suckers. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, 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 when it comes to the seriousness, that's your job. The jokes and the comedian side is my job. Stay in your lane, bro. I didn't know I was talking to Bill Burr. <laughs> that's a lot. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Bill Burr gave a mention of the podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. But yeah, anyway, good job, Sarama. Um, But still, Good job to Sampdoria for dominating most of the match, but in the end, Roma get the points, and as they say, that's all they wrote. From Sampdoria, real quick, because obviously we know the Roma, sort of what's going with that, is very self-explanatory. Um, with with Sampdoria, um, what were your thoughts on the way they approached the game uh, in, in regards to how a lot of these teams um, who are in that part of the table – go one on one side or the other where they combine it. And what do you think that, that that performance can do to their morale for the rest of the season? Obviously there's seven points from the drop, but there's still lots of points up for grabs. And obviously they're going to still be in that conversation until it's over. I mean, the way they approached the match was pure class. Um, obviously they bottlenecked the attack. Like we saw in another match over the weekend in the Bundesliga pretty much like make sure there's no real room to pass the ball and really stay on top of the attack throughout the whole match which is in my opinion is one of the key things when you take your lower table team taking up on a team that's in more uh, in the top of the table you kind of have to figure out both kinds of plans of attack or else it's just going to cause issues because uh, that forces the long balls that you had mentioned when we were watching that match. And then, of course, that in turn, the defense is able to hop on that and start setting up the counterattack for Victoria. And so, I mean, and that's, in my opinion, when you're in a team in that position, you kind of have to play like that scenario. Or um, it, they, the attack can definitely run – shotgun all over your face if you ain't careful. Yeah, no, well, well put together. Well, well said. Um, all right, the, the Derby, um, um, uh, D'Italia, obviously the, the biggest, I mean, pro- the biggest match of the weekend. Um, a lot of controversy, a lot of Juventus fans crying about refereeing decisions. Um, a lot of, you know, there's a, there's, there's a lot of tension between those two teams. Um, um, just, just a, you know, a thrilling game between two, um, two teams that want to be in the title race, uh, and so on. Um, I, I'm gonna throw it to you first, uh, as the Inter fan in the room. Um, what, what were your thoughts on the whole thing? Uh, obviously, I'm gonna be honest. First and foremost, Juventus was the dominant team throughout the whole entire match. They were consistently creating chances. I, I know statistics usually mean Jack Daniels, but when you, ha- and especially when it comes to possession, Juventus, I believe in the first half when I checked in and stuff, was 
at like 40 something percent where intro was at like 59 percent or something or some number like well that. i have the numbers here uh at full time it was 54 percent to 46 i think it's it's very similar 439 36 passes to 493 uh passing accuracy 84 percent to 83 percent um so it was fairly like in in, in that area it was I, it was kind of similar, at least at full time. Well, at full time, yes, but during the first half, Juventus ran rough shot. They had eleven at before the halftime. They had like fourteen chances, three on target compared to Inter. I think it was like two and zero on target. It was very like disheartening when I tuned in. You had. Hold on, real quick. You had one on target, and it was the, it was the penalty. Yeah, so that's how bad Inter was at that in the match. Um, obviously, in other areas it was fairly close statistic wise, but when it came to like the goal chance creating, Juventus definitely had us at every single turn. Um, obviously, then you had the controversy with the poor refereeing decisions. Um, first and foremost, Juventus, I do not want to hear jack shit from you. You've been robbing referees for the, I don't even know how long. So, and when somebody finally turns around and does it to you, you complain. Uh-uh. I don't want to hear Jack Daniels about that. By the way, Nico literally took the biggest L he's ever taken out uh, pre-match and post-match. Did you, did you see what the comment he, he, um, he put on IFCV before the game? What did he say? He said something like, "If, if, um, uh, I, along the lines of, if Juventus, uh, if, if you know, if Juventus win this game, I don't want to hear you guys crying about the about uh, the referees and and the the and decisions. Basically, pit telling them, just don't cry about the referees if you lose. And then Juventus lost, and all he's doing is crying about referees. <laughs> I, I love Nico, but I thought it was hilarious." <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, come on, dude. Nico, we love you, but that is like so bad, dude. You have to at least erase that comment so you can just erase from history. Um, anyway, you were saying. But yeah, I mean, in my opinion, it was definitely not a penalty situation. Yeah, no way. That was definitely not a penalty, and I will agree that was bad officiating by the official. And then you had. The, during the penalty, you had a con go up, do the thing, and it was um, the keeper saved it, but he Hakan was going to apparently score on the deflection, and then something else happened, and then no. so so just just to clear it up, so the the initial um, save goal should have counted. Um, but it, it looked like the lit was had come um had um he had um jumped forward uh before the, the the kick was taken so it had to be redone um by the way great save initial save by chesney i thought that was i felt bad for him because he has to make that save and then it doesn't count and then he has to save it then he has to make another save and it's hard to make two saves in a row um that's like I so, a freaking kicker in an NFL game. Yeah, I mean, once I saved three penalties on FIFA against Barcelona, but you know that's not real life. Um, but yeah, so so the the initial call was on the penalty, which I didn't think was a penalty to begin with, and then they save it, but then they score and the rebound, the goal, the goal would have I think would have counted, but then they made him take it again because of. Um, because of the, the the man across the line, then they then they take it again. He scores. It was it just took too long, you know. Just just handle yourselves better. Um, I was surprised Barella didn't get sent off <laughs> during that moment when when everyone was was complaining and stuff. But but I my issue is I think that decision just took far too long. Um, and then obviously the Martinez um, a, a tackle. Um, at the very beginning, and then another tackle that wasn't given as a yellow card. You could argue he probably he could he's probably should have been sent off over the two yellow cards. So there are circumstances that said, okay, well, 
they inter inter got lucky because inter's inter had some favoritism not favoritism but inter had some calls that went in their way but on the other side of things you scored in the i don't know what it was it was pretty early in the game um no it was at halftime in the 45th minute you still had 40 yet you still have 45 other minutes to to, to get the game back inter inter was able to handle themselves with um defending and obviously goalkeeping um, I think, uh, so they had, had it there. Um, but then if you look at, I don't know, I didn't like the fact that he, they had best Bastoni talking all the way back when, you know, he, he, he operates very well when he's pushing forward and I, I, he barely went forward the whole game, um, and whatnot. Um, but you're right. Juventus played better. The, uh, the, the chance for Vladovic got it over the shoulder and almost scored. That could have been an equalizer. And then obviously your Swiss uh, brethren, um, Dennis Zakaria, uh, hitting the post when he'd come on off the bench. So I think Juventus were the better team. You, you could argue they deserve to get something from the game. Um, and there are, there are calls that you could say had something to do with the result. But at the same time, Juventus had 45 minutes to score another goal. Inter had one shot on target the whole game. He took six on shot. You had to set 22 shots. They had more than enough chances to, to score, um, go, you know, score uh, an equalizer. If that penalty happened in the 90th minute or something, then I understand calling um, controversy. But considering how the game went, I think Juventus should feel like they should have got something. But it's not just down to the, 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 the a few of the sort of uh, uh, you know, unpopular decisions that the referee made. Yeah, definitely. Um, now that you're, um, it's all if all goes well, you get three points in the in the game in hand. You have that still hasn't been scheduled. Um, Wait, when was you're, what is the when is it scheduled for? I don't think it's been scheduled. I I checked. Um, I have not heard anything about that match at all. I mean. If anything, we would have heard something like weeks ago because it's we're getting close to the end of the season and you have to schedule it somewhere. Yeah, so you play 30 games, right? One, yeah. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Wait, hold on a second. Sorry, this is gonna sound this is gonna sound ridiculous on the on the uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And you've played 30 games, right? Oh, so everything's been scheduled then. My my, my apologies. Um, so uh, I don't know which which game was was um, was scheduled. Um, oh, I, I okay. I found okay. All right, I, I can clear this up for you. I, I know we've been talking about it for weeks, but so you play you play Roma on April twenty fourth, and then you play Bologna three days later on the twenty seventh. So. The, the schedule is uh, Verona and then Spezia, and then you have the, those two games back to back, and then you have all the matches in May. So the 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 game in question has been rescheduled. Um, but okay, anyway, so, sorry that, that that's kind of getting away from. Before. So if, if you win your game in hand, and um, you're right there, you're. I mean, uh, if you win that, it's it's six uh, three points, and it's uh, so it's it could. I mean, if you win that, it's 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 Milan one point ahead, and then. Napoli and Inter on the same on the same point. So, um, do you feel a little solace if if all things go well, and you win that game in hand, that you could still go on to win the title, or do you think it's close? I still think it'll be close because um, obviously you had who was it? The monstrous points in their match on Monday, which we'll get to in a bit, um, but. So I think regardless of what happens, it's going to be a I, – I could still say it's going to be a fight to the finish situation. So you you still feel like there's a possibility you can still win the league? I still – there's definitely a possibility you can still win the league. But I just don't think it's, like, fully cemented yet because I think it's going to be – every especially when you have a three-dog race with Milan, Napoli, Inter – I don't think Napoli, with their opponents ahead, I think they're going to start fading back a little bit. So, in the end, I think it's going to be a situation 
where it's going to be interim along like it was last season, and we just have to figure out where the chips fall and hope for the best. Yeah. So, in in the interest of the title race, um, there are there are two there are two. As funny as it sounds, Roma is going to be the team that determines who wins the the, the league this year, because you're basically we're in agreement that Napoli and Inter can't drop any more points, right? We're on the same page there. So this week we 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 we're play the bottom of the league, then we play Napoli, and then we play Inter. So this this is my this is my thought on this. If we beat Napoli, Napoli will not win the league, and it will be between Inter and Milan. If Napoli beat us, I think they win the league. Uh, and an alternative scenario is if Roma beat Napoli and then beat Inter, that's giving the league to Milan. Do you get what I'm saying? So I honestly, and again, I'm, I'm not trying to make this about Roma, but Roma, Inter, and Roma, Napoli, based on the results of those two matches, that's going to determine the whole, the, the champion. Um, at least that's the way that's the way I kind of see it. Because even though you got some tough games, Napoli's got some tough games. But considering where you are right now with Napoli and, and Inter needing all the points they can possibly get, I think those two matches ultimately will determine everything. Uh, what, what's your what what are, what are your thoughts on that? I actually agree with that. I mean, if you beat, like you said, if you beat Napoli and lose to Inter. You basically took Napoli out of the equation. Yeah. If you lose to Napoli, but then the Inter, it gives it to Napoli because Inter will have the maximum amount of points. If yeah. If you take out both of them, it basically gives it to Milan because at that point it becomes too much to handle. And I think Milan might have a slightly easier schedule ahead, so at that point it'd be cut and dry that they would win the league. So yeah, Rome is definitely going to be the difference maker. But yeah, those two. I think those two games determine everything. By the way, as a Roma fan, if we beat Inter and Napoli, knocking them both out of the title race, basically giving it to Milan, it's that would feel so good for Roma fans. Just because if you feel like we kind of won the league too, because we determined who ultimately won the title. Just like the year uh, Chelsea beat Spurs set to allow Leicester to win the league, this would be similar in the sense of if we beat um, Napoli and Inter, I mean, I think that 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 Roma's those two Roma games would determine the whole the whole season and basically give it to Milan. And if we give it to Milan, maybe we'll 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 be doing each other favors in the transfer market. Um, no, but I, I I generally think those two so between those two, the results of those two matches will determine everything. If they're both draws, I still think it it affects the top, but it doesn't kill it necessarily unless um, obviously AC Milan drops points or something. But I think at, at the end of the day, those two games will be everything. And obviously, um, it's unfortunate for you guys because you had to play us, and then your game in hand. So if, if, we, if we beat you and then you have to go to Bologna and play them, I don't know if, if that necessarily kills it off com- entirely, but I think if you drop any source of points um, like this, it would be bad for either team. So Napoli has to win all out, Inter has to win all out, and, and they have to hope that, that Milan drops another game. Um, so I, th- I think those two games will like determine everything. Um, speaking of... Um, uh, okay, so I'm, I'm just going to run through this one. Uh, um, Fiorentina um, uh, beat Genoa. Uh, Jeremy Lin scores again. Um, I mean, uh, <laughs> Serie A, Jeremy Lin. Um, basically, a very evenly matched game. He scores early. Uh, Verona win. Good job. Congratulations. All right. Now, now let's, let's get down to the, the stuff that matters. So Bologna on Milan. Um, uh, draw. Milan had 33 shots in the in uh, in the game, seven on target, and uh, Bologna had eight shots the whole game, and they still managed with a zero zero. How how important is this result for the for the next eight weeks? Bologna lunch meat. Wow, I mean, 33 chances, seven on target versus your eight. Holy, and you still get a point? Good Lord. I mean, that is 
Bologna's goalkeeper, what's up, huh? Good job. I mean, that shows a lot of guts from their goalkeeper. I mean, not going to lie, their goalkeeper is pretty dope, though, not going to lie. Yeah, former Roma player, too. He used to be – he was number two um, when we had Allison. Um, and he's, he's, he's been solid for many years for them. Yeah, I mean, that is just – a performance for the ages in that respect, especially when you're going up against a team such as Milan. Um, how did I, how did this set it up? I mean, we'll see what happens. I really can't really say much at this point, but I mean, that was a really I, just to be able to see Bologna get a draw against Milan is huge. Um, how, how does this guys fit everything going forward? I really don't know. Well, we'll we will find out soon, and um, um, <laughs> obviously the the big game that helped Roma out immensely um, for for just Saturday. Napoli are my best friends. I'm just kidding, but Napoli did Roma a huge play with the with the with the victory uh, against Atlanta, who now are. I mean, geez, now they're not even in the Europa League spot. They're in seventh or below Lazio. They do have the game in hand, but still, um, 3-1 victory for Napoli. That puts them right under the nose of AC Milan, basically putting all the pressure on AC Milan to do their thing. But also, Napoli do still have to play Roma this season. Um, so I think that, uh, that again, like I said, that game will, will kind of determine, you know, absolutely everything. The rest of their schedule is is pretty fine. There's a small chance they could drop points against Fiorentina on Sunday, but I doubt it. And then Monday, April 18th, um, it, it's 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 box hole time with um, with Napoli and Roma. Uh, but the rest of the games that they have are pretty easy to are pretty manageable. Um, um, so you look at that, and then you look at um, uh, let's see here, uh, Milan. Um, they got. Um, they have Lazio, they have Fiorentina, they have Alonso, they have Sassuolo. It's a much more difficult uh, – and Genoa, which could be interesting. It's a, it's a much more difficult schedule down the road. So the fact that Napoli were able to go and win um, that game not only helps the teams below them, but also positions themselves well in case AC Milan drops points. And obviously that Roma game is, gonna, is the one to look at. It's going to be huge. If they lose it – now that I know the rest of the schedule, there's a possibility that they could still win the, the, the league, but I think everything is, is going to really come down to – like Inter-Roma Inter is going to be a huge game too and could be very influential, but I think Roma and Napoli is the one that's going to set up everything. But they, they get a lot – a lot are slipping. Napoli uh, are, are putting more pressure under uh, Milan and see if they can handle it, and they get a big 3-1 win and – it allows Roma to, to slide into the fifth spot while just just a point behind the leaders at the moment. So I, I thought it was fantastic, and, and it, was, it was something that not only helped them, but helped others as well. Yeah, definitely. What are your, th- what are your thoughts on it? Um, I mean, with, and we're talking about Napoli versus Adelaide, uh, right? Yeah. I, I kind of cover the Napoli, uh, the Napoli portion of it. Uh, what, 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 what for, from, from your, let's just talk on the Atlanta perspective, considering that they keep sliding. Um, this is definitely concerning from the Atlanta perspective thing, side of things. They were a team that we've seen compete in the Champions League. I would say the past, what is it, three seasons? Yeah, I think about. And they were a team that you would expect to finish in the top four spots in the table. I think we had those that predicted in the top four in our um, predictions. And then to see them continue to just be very inconsistent this season. Obviously, you had um, Inter buying one of their best midfielders in Robin Gozens. It's barely been used. Really fun. Who has doesn't even really get anything started? So I'm like, what the heck was this, this purchase anyway? I'm like, dude, can we get a refund? He's injured. I, I think next year he'll be fine. Um, but the point is, for this season, 
it was less oh we need to sign this guy it's like let's take let's take the it's it's the classic Bayern Munich thing where they'll buy a player from a rival just so they the so just so they, they weaken them a little bit and I think that it was kind of that type of move I feel and then you also have Duvon Zapata who's been injury prone throughout the season so he really hasn't been where we used to really see him because of him being injured so much. Um, so it's kind of like without your crucial key elements being a part of the squad, there's no, I guess, leadership to someone de- to delegate where people should be and when. And there's really no cohesiveness at that point when you don't have like a good solid midfielder and a good your good best striker. Obviously, you still have them scoring goals, but it's just not as prolific as we used to see. So, I mean, obviously they have the game in hand, but at this point, depending on if they keep continuing to slide down the table, it's the match in hand is going to be irrelevant. Well, yeah, because they're three points behind Roma that are in fifth. So even if they win their game in hand – they'll still not be in front of Roma because in Italy, the tiebreakers are determined by head-to-head and Roma goal beat them difference. twice. So goal difference is, is the second thing. But first, it is, it is head-to-head matchups. And Roma have, have both head-to-head matchups. So, okay, let's, let's just say uh, Alonso win their game in hand. They'll be on the same points as Roma if, if, if everyone wins until that happens. But they won't be in front of them because because of the head-to-head difference. But yeah, so also, um, sorry, real quick, um, Zabata was on the bench, which means his return is probably close. Yeah, but hopefully it isn't too late for them. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm. I I hope they do well the rest of the season, but but not at the expense of Roma. I want them to to do well, but I, I don't want them to. To finish um, below, um, you know, I'd love them. To, I, I still like them to finish in sixth if they can um, over Lazio or Fiorentina. But um, we'll see what happens. And obviously, they're um, uh, uh, then they, they have a big. That's another thing. Alonso are, are trying to do some some stuff in the Europa League as well, um, and um, you know that's that's always going to be um, difficult. Um, but especially difficult because they're they're playing arguably the um, the the one of the teams in the best form in in Europe at the moment. They're going to have to go to Leipzig to to the Red Bull Arena to take on RB Leipzig, who we you and I saw this weekend absolutely demolish a Borussia Dortmund in front of eighty two thousand with the yellow wall. And, and you know, in fairness to Dortmund, they did they did play well in that first fifteen minutes. But but the way sorry the the way Leipzig did play in that game, and they're coming off a huge win, where Alonso's coming off a huge loss. Um, I just don't have a lot of faith that they can get the job done. Um, and honestly, if things go bad, it could go really bad, and they could be they could be they could be gone um, after the first leg. Um, Anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, I think Leipzig are going to just beat the living shit out of them. I think they're going to just crush them. But, um, you know, maybe maybe Alonso has, has a trigger or two up their sleeves, but I just don't see any way past this Leipzig team at the moment. Um, they're, they're, they're the best on form in Germany, and they're just they're coming off a huge, huge win. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, you know, we wish, them, we wish them the best and, and so on, and um, we'll see you next week.